Hello and welcome to Truth Talks, brought to you by South African author, theologian and church leader, Dr. Christopher Pepler. Many years ago when I first met him, Professor Lynn Sweet spoke of a theory that he called the collapsing center. He described this as a well curve as opposed to a bell curve. You see, he believed that society, technology, politics and so on were polarizing and becoming more extreme. Let me explain. A bell curve is a graph depicting a distribution of samples where the majority gravitate around the average in the center. It's kind of like a raised bump kind of graph. So, for instance, most men are roughly as tall as the average in their population. But if we turn this graph on its head, we'll get a well curve where the greatest number of readings are found at the extremes of the curve, at either end rather than in the middle. So in the example I use of the men, this would occur if most men in a population were either very tall or very short. Hey, this isn't a talk about probability statistics though, so let me rather discuss some of the important aspects of the well curve and the bell curve in our worlds. Gradually, over a couple of decades, well-stocked local general dealers have become overwhelmed by supermarkets and megastores. And these commercial behemoths provide a wide range of goods at very favorable prices. But, you know, they fail at offering specialist items and they fail at offering expertise. And as a result, small operators have emerged to meet the demands for hard-to-come-by items, and professional knowledge. So the bell curve with the, the average in the middle has been replaced by a well curve with big supermarkets on the one side and little speciality stores, boutiques, and people setting up expertise services on the other side. So if you look at things like um, the big, hugely big influential corporations that have come up, especially in the IT industry and in the social media space. You see an example of that. And the richer become obscenely richer, and the poor have become even poorer, and the middle class in society is almost non-existent. Even in practical examples like the LED and LCD screens, they've grown so big that they can fill a wall on the one side, but small enough to be carried on the wrist and not much in the middle. It's this well curve again, the extremes. Churches have gone through a similar transformation with millions flocking to mega churches in every Christian country. And the initial counter to this was an upsurge of interest in house church movement. And once again, the well curve emerged. House church, a lot of, small people, a lot of people meeting in small homes, maybe network together, and of course mega churches, a lot of people meeting in one place, the two extremes again. And we've seen the same sort of phenomenon in national political life with extremist parties and movements gaining ground on both ends of this well curve. But things are changing now. As people of influence are identifying and experiencing the problems caused by this well curve sort of mentality, the family-owned stores that all but disappeared when the superstores muscled into their neighborhoods are re-emerging and growing in popularity. We find them all over. They're called 
family stores. Mega churches are facing difficult times in the face of authoritarian government policies that restrict people movements and people gatherings and COVID regulations have made it a nightmare for these huge churches. And the small house churches are struggling for lack of financial support because, you know, few people can't generate much resource. The members don't want to participate and they have little social influence. So as these two ends of the bell curve are reducing in size in our day, we are seeing the re-emergence of medium-sized local churches. And in politics, we are observing the rise of centralist parties and their negative effects of extremist movements. However, a return of a bell curve to society will not be of any real benefit unless the rising center of this emerging bell curve stands on truth. You know, not too many people in any country would want a form of political consensus if those elected by that consensus consisted of thugs, murderers, crooks and rapists. Democracies of any sort only work to benefit society when the center stands on good and true values and where its leaders are men and women of intelligence, honor and goodness. John Adams, the second president of the United States of America and one of the founding fathers, stated the case this way. He wrote, Our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Now, I've used the word truth a little bit in, so far in this talk previously, because how we understand truth determines our value judgments concerning centralist versus extreme situations in all aspects of our life, They're concerning governments and economics and everything. So it should not be a surprise to us then that the concept of truth is the most polarized domain of all. If you want to know more about this, by the way, about the, the centrality of truth and, and how truth is formed and so on, I've written a whole book on it called Truth is the Word, and you can find it on my website, truthistheword.com. Just go to the books tab, you'll find it there. Now, liberal theologians and politicians and social thinkers have arrived at a sort of a compromise or negotiated idea of truth. So, for much of society in our day, truth tends to be determined by the consensus of any group of people. So, extreme right-wing dogmatism is their truth. And anything goes laissez-faire on the other side, on the extreme left-wing side, is their truth. You know, whatever I believe is my truth, and whatever you believe is your truth, and we kind of try and find a, a negotiation. But we cannot establish absolute truth by compromising or adopting all competing ideas of what truth is. We can't take a little bit of your truth and take a little bit of my truth and try and meet in the middle, because that forms a center which is a big, soggy, collapsing center that just turns immediately into yet another well curve. Now, my truth as a person is Christocentric, and I hold that this view of truth is the biblical and enduring historical Christian position. The Lord Jesus made an extremely dogmatic statement concerning this when he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. That's obviously in John 14 verse 6. 
Now, this means that if we accept his divinity and the validity of the biblical record, then we are compelled to understand truth in terms of who Jesus is, what he said and did, and what he revealed of the nature, character, and purpose of the triune Godhead. For instance, a centralist political party that stands primarily on this truth, irrespective of whether it calls itself Christian or not, will present a strong central pillar for society. A church centered on this truth will bless its members and its community. And the same goes for theology, business, government, other forms of businesses, and so on. I'm really glad to see a return of the bell curve to the various aspects of our national lives. But if it does not reflect Christ-centric, that's Jesus-centered truth, then it will surely be little better than extremism. For instance, a democratic government is not necessarily any better than a dictatorship if it is led by God-dishonoring and self-serving men and women. Singapore, for example, is essentially a benign dictatorship. It's not really a democracy at all. Yet it is peaceful, prosperous, and non-prejudicial. South Africa, my country, is a democracy governed by and large, I am terribly sad to say, by incompetence and among them even criminals. And it is divided, violent, and spiraling downward as a society. Now tell me, in which state would most people choose to live if they were given even half a chance? Now, all of this, although it may be food for thought, is of little personal value unless you and I seek to live in a bell curve sort of way. So I want to invite you to examine the various aspects of your life, that is, the church, family, business, education, politics, finances, and so on, and ask, what is the central pillar around which the data points of my life cluster? You know, am I a, a bell truth type of guy? Ask these questions. Do I have a central pillar at all? Or do I stand at an extreme in this area? Am I a sort of a well curve sort of person? Ask, does my central pillar, if I have one, stand on biblical, Jesus-centered truth or on something relative or socially conditioned? Bell curve people with Jesus at the center can, over time, change the state of a nation, a business, or a church. Hey, it's time to ring our little bells, folks, our little bell curves. You know, in the 80s, an advertisement for a certain type of processed meat became very popular here in South Africa. This was a sort of a fillet with cheese inserted into its middle. It's much like a, a chicken cordon bleu, but only a beef version. And the TV advert showed a man in a restaurant table with his fork in one of these steaks saying, Check the cheese, China. This <laughs> is a terribly South African expression. I apologize to those of you who are from other countries. And the waiter then responds by cutting the meat with a sharp knife and saying, In the center, Mr. Fanta. Well, when it comes to most aspects of our life, it is all about what's in the center. But that center must stand on biblical, Christocentric truth. As that wonderful worship song goes, Jesus at the center of it all. Remember that one? Jesus at the center of it all. Amen.
Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Truth Talks from Truth is the Word Ministry. If you'd like to share your views, read up on related topics, or purchase one of Dr. Pepler's books, please visit his blog on truthistheword.com. And remember, truth is